Okay. Hi, everybody. Uh, sorry about that. I, for some reason, I couldn't unmute. I had to call back in. <laughs> so, hello. I am Mark. I'm an abstinent compulsive, compulsive overeater and food addict. Um, and it's really good to be here. Thank you, everybody that's doing service at the meeting and all of you guys out there listening. Um, so grateful to be here with you. <clears throat> um, so, uh, I always start off with sort of uh, my qualifications. So, when I came into the program on, on April 18th, 2007, which is also my abstinence date, um, I was 519 pounds. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, that wasn't my highest weight. I, my highest weight that I, that I weighed, that I actually weighed myself was 525 pounds. So, and um, I have been abstinent for coming on, I guess we're getting close to April 18th. So coming on almost 16 years, um, about a month shy of that, about uh, 15 years, 11 months I've been absent. And um, uh, I, I, uh, I cannot tell you what I weigh right now because I, I, one of the things that I did with my nutritionist when I started is to let go of that scale. So I do weigh myself. I weigh myself um, uh, but I do it blindly and I actually give that information to my nutritionist. And at one point I was doing it in some kind of very interesting ways. Right now I have a scale that actually will just send it to her and it doesn't even tell me what the number is. So that's a great, a great gift to have. Um, so anyway, um, uh, like I, I had like a 78 inch waist when I came in and I've got like a, a 36 inch waist now. So something like that, that's kind of where we're at. Um, I only need to know it just to kind of come in and I, I just need to know my waist just to come in by clothes, and that's it. Other than that, uh, I don't need to know. So anyway, um, what I was like, so I, I grew up with this disease all my life. I cannot take, think of a, a, a time in my life when I wasn't really a compulsive eater with that my whole life did not revolve around food. You know, stealing money from my mom's drawer, you know, when I was little, she, she took tithes at church, you know, she had a whole, whole bunch of coins, like in this big bowl, and I would go in and grab a big handful of some of those and walk up to one of the stores at our house and close to our house and then buy a bunch of uh, food and then go uh, come back to the woods near our house and eat it. Um, that was kind of one of those things where I always ate you know, alone. I always ate, you know, I did most of my compulsive eating, like the really damaging stuff. Listen, I ate in front of people and I ate too much in front of people. That, that was true. But, but most of the stuff I did in isolation and I hid, um, <clears throat> uh, I would come home from school and, and, uh, and, you know, from, from high school, I remember coming home and we had a, like an area downstairs. that was kind of where we had another TV and I would have all the lights off. I wouldn't really turn lights on when I, when I did this. And, and, and I would, we had a, a, a refrigerator downstairs and one upstairs and I would go downstairs to the refrigerator and, uh, and, and grab, you know, grab stuff out of the refrigerator freezer or whatever and, and go and eat it compulsively. I used to call it decompression. I was decompressing from, from the crazy day that I had, you know, I, you know, I was, I was picked on a lot when I was, when I was a child. Um, um, I struggled in school. I barely hung, hung on. I really wasn't connected really with anybody, to be honest with you. Um, I wasn't really present at all. And, 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 you know, I kind of like, as I said, like, I, I cannot remember a time when I didn't have this disease. And when I say that, listen, I'm talking about the food, but I'm talking about the disease, the dis-ease, right? And, and kind of one of the ways that manifested for me, 
you know, fear tends to fall into three buckets, three big buckets. There's probably more, but there are three big buckets that I tend to kind of feel like it, most of my fears fall into, or almost all of them. Um, not getting what I want, losing what I have, being found out. And that third one, being found out, not measuring up, that one was the one that ruled my life. And that was a lot of why I had eight. You know, almost one, almost addiction in and of itself that's tied tightly to this addiction for me is managing other people's perceptions of myself, right? That, that is a side, a sidecar, almost addiction that goes beside this addiction that I have. They're really one and the same, quite frankly, you know, but the thing is, is I was always, I, I, I had a sponsor tell me, you know, Mark, you come into every relationship with a deficit. And that is it. I, I, I don't feel like I measure up. And I always, it, that it's always a deficit for me. I'll either put myself in a deficit, right? I got very good at living with the crumbs that I gave myself. But on top of that was the deficit that I saw. And everything that I viewed out in the world at this time, the reason I came home and ate, no matter what happened to me, because what happened to me is just life happening. It was the way I held on to it that was the that was the problem, that distorted belief system, that, that lower power that I had that basically was robbing me of my life, the way I reacted to it. And I, I think that's a really important thing. In the big book, in Freedom from Bondage, back in, back in the back of the big book, one of the stories, Freedom from Bondage, it says, I am the result of the way I reacted to what happened to me as a child. And I think that's really important, the way I reacted. Look, all those people out there in front of me, even people that did, you know, like that picked on me or, or, or just things and events that happened or all of that stuff, that was just stuff that happened. And those people were probably doing the best they could, right? I, listen, I don't say this, get anybody off the hook, but the point is, is that none of that really, I gave a lot of power to all of that. I gave a lot of power to those people in my life and all of those things that I thought that lower power that I had that drove all of it. And so that's kind of why I ate. And so, but I was, I am the result of the way I reacted to that. I mean, listen, I left, those things didn't happen to me forever. And I left my home with my parents, you know, my father was an alcoholic, you know, I didn't know that at the time when I was living with him, but he was an alcoholic and, and my mother was a compulsive overeater you know, and, and we were a kind of a close family, but not emotionally. We were close physically. We were around each other a lot, except for my father. Little by little by little in my life, he just sort of just checked out. And again, he was doing the best he could. It is up to me to stop the cycle. And that is what this program is for me. This program is where I am making amends to myself and healing myself. You know, when, when they say, you know, if I take the, the 12 steps and define it in the three big bullets, and this is not a me thing, this comes from somewhere else, but it's trust God, clean house, help others. Cleaning house is absolutely where I've harmed others, but it's also where I've harmed myself in the sense that I built a house that was almost tyranny. That lower power, that power that I gave that, that my addiction, my disease, the, the, the things that I told myself every day on a daily basis was tyranny, you know, two ways to lead, tyranny or inspiration. And now I'm in this place in these beautiful 12 steps where I'm learning about inspiration. The God that guides me is inspiring me, right? Listen, I loved, I, I stayed in this, this disease for 42 years of my life. 
That's I was 42 when I came into this program, April 18, 2007. I stayed in this disease for that long, and and I was in charge of my life, and I didn't love myself. How do you think that's going to turn out? It didn't turn out very well. My sponsor would always, you know, he he was he was beautiful the way that he sort of presented the program to me and allowed me to kind of go my own way, and then he would come back and say, "How's that working for you?" Well, I can say the same thing in this moment. How did that work for me? Right? You know. So cleaning house to me is is definitely every day making amends or every moment when I when I wrong someone, you know, um, to to make amends as, as as quickly as I can. But it's also making amends to myself, one day at a time. You know, it's love, right? The core principle of 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 step nine is love. And love takes effort. You know, you know, love has to be learned again and again and again, but fear needs no, it's just, it'll come back in in a moment. It'll be right there. It takes two seconds for me to have those addictive thoughts, and I just have to continue to put the effort towards this program to kind of let that go, to give it over to God, right? So, you know, most of my life, I, I, I went to pay in ways to deal with this because I didn't know anything else. My mom took me to my first pay-in way. I lost 50 pounds. wasn't long after that that I gained it all back and went up to 250 pounds. I was at 200 pounds, lost 50, went up to 250 pounds, went down to 175 before I went into college, got into college at 175, got out of college at 300, right? You know, and, and some of that's really, you know, I can look to that piece where, you know, I'm not enough, that whole part of, you know, being found out. I didn't think I was good enough. And, and I just basically was struggling trying to survive. I was in college by myself, isolating myself in my room, you know, struggling to kind of do what I can to make myself, you know, to, to manage other people's perception of myself, to show them, them that I am okay. And the fact of the matter is, you know, when we come in this program, we put on a pair of glasses when we get in here acting on life instead of reacting to it. But as we go farther in this program, there's another pair of glasses. And this is kind of related to that concept that I just said in college, that other pair of glasses is, I was okay all along, I just didn't know it. I was okay, I didn't know it, I gave power to that. I lived my life in the tyranny of this disease. And so by the time I got out of college, in the middle of that tyranny being my higher power, I came out at 300 pounds, and at that point, it wasn't a, it wasn't a downwards, a down, I didn't lose and gain a lot after that. It was just a slow climb up to 525 pounds, right? So kind of what happened, you know, um, <clears throat> essentially, I hit bottom, at, you know, at 525, and, 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 and then I, I went to another payaway again and lost, like, went down to 375 pounds, right, within a period of seven months. I didn't do anything. All I did is apply a food plan to it. I didn't have a program. Food's not my problem. Food was my answer. It just happened to be an answer that was killing me. What happens when I let go of my answer? Well, now I'm in deep trouble. I'm having to deal with the life that I was running from, the feelings that I was running from, the behavior, the maladaptive behaviors that I, that I had built over a long period of time, right? And so, so for me, you know, 
I had to find another way, but I didn't really know it at that time. And, and so I would basically lose that weight. And it wasn't very long. You know, I'm back. I was 519 pounds back in 2000. It was 1998 where I was 525, lost the weight within seven months and basically went on a slow climb back up because I didn't have a program. These steps, they are designed to keep me sane and happy. That is the answer, right? The problem is not food. The problem is powerlessness. I am powerless over food, right? What's the solution? A power greater than myself. How do I get that power? And this is really important through a program of action that I meet every day and keep coming back to that every day the best I can, right? <clears throat> and so, so, you know, here I am, 2006, 519 pounds. You know, well, actually the year before that, I, I basically was I'm not sure what it was at that point, but I was finding myself in a hospital. You know, um, I was probably maybe, I don't know, 480 or something like that. I was in a hospital and I had three doctors standing in front of me telling me I was going to die if I didn't, if I didn't, if I didn't stop doing what I was doing. And in that moment, I always tell the story. In that moment, I remember telling myself that I needed to be scared at what they were telling me. I was frightened, but not necessarily of the dying thing. I was scared first and foremost because they knew. They knew that I was a failure. That's what I saw in that. And then the second piece I saw, which was probably even more uh, scary to me, was what they were asking me to do, to give up this friend, quote unquote, friend that had been with me all life. I could not envision going through life without that crutch. It frightened me. And so they gave me a food plan again. And I said, I'm going to do this because I need to be scared of what they're telling me. And it wasn't a month after that that I found myself in a hotel room eating enough food for probably eight to 12 people until I could not even walk. At that time, I could barely walk. I couldn't buckle the seatbelt in my car. It was too big to fit in the seats of movie theaters, booths of restaurants, planes. Um, you know, I broke chairs when I was out at gaming events with people, like events with people. I isolated myself terribly out of shame, right? I really wasn't able to administer really good self-care, you know? And so, <clears throat> so here I am in this hospital and the most important thing that happened at that time, was that's the first time, or maybe the first time I listened maybe to God by saying to myself, I can't do this anymore. I need help. I think one of the most courageous, did you say five minutes? Yes. Uh -huh. Thank you very much. Um, one of the most one of the most courageous things that I think that we do is to ask for help. And that was probably the first time in my life that I truly let go and surrendered and asked for help. First, it was just to me to kind of let go of letting go, right? This is not a program of figuring things out. It's a program of letting go. I didn't even know where I was going. I didn't even know how I was going to achieve it, but I let go, and that made me move forward. I got out of my way. I let go of that power that had hold over me, and I was going to try something different because I was desperate. I had the gift of desperation. You know, it's, it's not a program of figuring things out. It's a program of letting go. It is not a program of learning. It's a program of unlearning. And that is that cleaning house I'm talking about. That is the unlearning all of that stuff. 
all of those things that keep me locked in my disease and had for a long period of time in my life. And so I went on this little spirit of this little thing of kind of like, you know, finding my way in. I kind of like got a therapist. I said, I think I need to go away somewhere. I didn't really know. Um, and, and, and I went into some treatment center that dealt with it, but you know, they were beautiful in the sense that they were the gateway to this program. Right. I had to go to a, a meeting every day, that whole period, the whole time that I was there. And I was in there for two and a half months. I had to go to a meeting every day. Right. I did my 90 and 90 that way. When I got out, I finished that off. Right. Cause I was like, why not? Right. You know, that kind of momentum saved my life. But, you know, the thing about it is, is like, you know, they brought me into this program. I left after two and a half months and I had been abstinent for 15 some years. I have eaten the same amount of food within a tenth of an ounce every day. That's, to me, that's mind boggling because my portion control when I wasn't in this program before I came in here was whatever I could get my hands on. And I ate until I just could not walk. So, the, so yes, I got a good start there, but I am here because I work this program because you guys love me before I could love myself because of all the support and all of the experience that can hope and, and, and all of the, the experience that can hope you offered to me and the, and the willingness that I, that I took those actions because why? Because I had the gift of desperation, G-O-D, right? You know, action is a concrete form of willingness, of surrender. I either get busy living or I get busy dying. And this program for me, you know, I was never meant to do this by myself, right? Thank God I asked for help, right? You know, and, and I'll, I'll say this, you know, most of my life, again, trust God, clean house, help others. There is my compass. I just keep coming back to that every day as best I can. And I, I fail sometimes. Sometimes I, I break out in a rash of self-will. And then I, the beauty of having my 10th step every day at the end of the day or even a walking 10th step in the middle of the day is I bring myself back. I'm going to make mistakes especially if I'm taking risks and recovery, especially if I'm, <laughs> you know, I just got engaged last year. That's a whole new thing for me. I lived all of my life alone by myself. My God, that sunlight is bright and it scares me sometimes. But then I have a God, a power greater than myself that can help me if I turn to him. I have this little band on my wrist. I know my time is almost up here, but I have this band on my wrist that I bought a long time ago. It was really just some weird thing around, you know, donating for for jobs because to help people that don't have jobs. But it said on it, indivisible, because it was something tied to the USA, right, kind of a thing. It said indivisible. But what that has become for me is I am indivisible from my higher power unless I turn away. Hope to me is... I have a program that can restore me to saying God can restore me to sanity if I turn to him. So knowing if I'm struggling, that it's like, okay, well, what part of the program can I apply to that? You know, where can I find hope in the middle of it? We have 12 core principles and 12 steps. What really helps me sometimes, and this is just something I'll throw out to you guys, is like, what are the opposite of those core principles? 
What's opposite honesty? Dishonesty. What's the opposite of hope? Possibly despair. Right? You know, like that helps me to know where my disease, the core principles of my disease, dishonesty, despair, fear, corruption, you know, like self-will. Right? And, and that always helps me know where when I'm doing my step work and I'm in the middle of some struggle thing, it helps me to know where I need to apply those steps, you know, where I am. Because sometimes I can't always see that. The work for me helps me to stay awake because it's easy for me to fall asleep. Right? It takes two seconds for that. I just, the most important thing, the most important thing is to keep coming back and to remember, you know, when I'm on step 10, 11, 12, I did not save this life to not have a life. Our next function is to grow in service to God and others around me, right? What would God have me be is an important question that I put in my 10th step every day. Am I aligning to that? And what is that next right action, that small next right action I can take? I am powerless, but I am not helpless. Anyway, thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Mark. I'll leave. Um, yeah, go ahead and leave your name and number. Yeah, so it's Mark M. Last initial is M. And my phone number is 502 468 4814. And it is Eastern Standard Time, and text is fine, calls are fine. I'll, obviously, I'll get back to you when I when I can if I'm busy. So that's it. Thanks for letting me share.